Hello, VCC family and friends. This is Minister Angela Bates. I give glory and honor to God, and I thank him for Pastor Grenard and Lady Elise McClendon and for blessing me to have this opportunity to fellowship in his word with you all today. I give God all the glory. Today's subject is the potter wants to put you back together again. The potter wants to put you back together again. And our text scriptures comes from Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. And let us read. If you will turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, and it reads, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. So here the scriptures are discussing a potter who had to make his vessel, had to, uh, excuse me, remake his vessel because it had been marred just like the master does with us when he reshapes and molds us into a beautiful masterpiece. Let us pray. Most gracious and heavenly King, we come before you as humbly as we know how, thanking you for your goodness and your grace. Lord, I pray that as Holy Spirit delivers this word to us, that it will reform us. May this word cause a breaking down of our flesh and a building up of our faith. Glory to God. Lord, we decrease so that you may be increased in the delivery of this word, so that your glory may be greatly revealed in our lives. God, be with me. Speak through me. And show yourself strong, not only through me, but to me. And it's in your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. When I was younger, um, my grandmother and I used to make ceramics. And in making ceramics, we would have to pour what is called slip into a mold and let it stand for a certain length of time to form into whatever fixture we wanted to make, whether it was a canister set, a pitcher and bowl set, a Persian cat, whatever. All we had to do was pour it into the mold. The slip was like a wet gray mixture that kind of reminded me of pottery clay. The only difference was we did not have to shape and mold the structure with our hands, but it was a form of art that we enjoyed doing. And we often made profit from it because we made, you know, ceramics for other people, but it was even more so therapeutic for us. So I have a certain love for all types of artwork, whether it's paintings, ceramics, pottery, metal art, whatever. I love all different types of art. But the one I want to talk to you about today is a Japanese art called Kintsugi. And that's spelled K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I, Kintsugi. You're probably wondering, what in the world is that, <laughs> Minister Bates? And kintsuki literally means 
golden joinery or joined by gold. It is the Japanese art of putting broken pottery pieces back together with gold, built on the idea that in embracing flaws and imperfections, you can create an even stronger, more beautiful piece of art. Hallelujah. The potter repairs broken pottery by mending the areas of breakage with lacquer, dusted, or mixed with powdered gold. It treats breakage and repairs as part of the history of an object rather than something to disguise. So let's go to work. Oftentimes, we go through things. We're left with scars, not only to remind us of what we've been through, but to also remind us of what we triumphed over. We can say like Paul did in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. As long as we got King Jesus, we win in the end, no matter what. So sometimes you may be left with the scars. And let's look at an example of that. Uh, Let's turn over here to Exodus chapter 4. We're going to concentrate there in Exodus chapter 4. Here Moses was rescued from the river and he was raised in Pharaoh's home as an Egyptian. He was born of a Hebrew slave but raised as an Egyptian prince. Yet he was scarred or flawed, if you will. Um, We see in the scriptures where God was equipping Moses for the assignment that he was about to embark upon. Remember, God never sends you to do anything without equipping you first. God appeared to Moses in the form of a burning bush and gave him his marching orders on what he wanted him to do because he had seen the affliction of his people in Egypt and God was going to use Moses to help deliver his people. So he began giving Moses instructions and Moses, just like we do today, had a rebuttal for everything God told him to do. When God told Moses in chapter 3, Uh, Verses 10 through 11, you can look there, that he was going to send him to Pharaoh to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses asked God, who was he that he should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Now, God himself guaranteed Moses that he would be with him. The almighty God. And Moses still had questions. (laughs) Moses asked, who should he say sent him? And God said, tell them, I am that I am sent you. And God told Moses he was going to stretch out his hand and smite Egypt with all his wonders. He said he would give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when they left, they would not go empty-handed, that they would have the spoil of the riches, if you will, of the Egyptians. Then Moses said they weren't going to believe him. So God told Moses to stretch out his rod to demonstrate God's power, and the rod turned into a serpent. And God told Moses to grab the serpent by the tail, and it turned back into a rod. Then he told Moses to put his hand in his bosom, and when Moses did, his hand was leprous, which it was white as snow. And then God told him to put it back in his bosom, and it turned back like the rest of his flesh. And God said if those two signs didn't work, Moses was to take water from the river Nile and pour it on dry land. And the water 
that he took out of the Nile would turn into blood on the dry land. And after all of that, Moses was still giving God lip service and coming up with excuses. And that's where we're going to pick up with the reading. Let's go here to Exodus chapter 4. And let's look at verses 10 through 16. And I'm going to be reading from the Amplified. And it reads, And Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I am not eloquent or a man of words, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. For I am slow of speech and have a heavy and awkward tongue. And the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the dumb, or the deaf, or the sin, or the blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and will teach you what you shall say. And he said, O Lord, I pray you send by the hand of some other whom you will send. Then the anger of the Lord blazed against Moses. He said, Is there not Aaron your brother, the Levite? I know he can speak well. Also, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be overjoyed. You must speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you shall do. He shall speak for you to the people, acting as a mouthpiece for you, and you shall be as God to him. Amen. Glory to God. What God is saying here is that he was going to feed to Moses what he needed to say, and he was, and Moses was going to use Aaron as his mouthpiece, but the words that were spoken were going to be from God. So maybe along your life's journey, something has happened that caused you to stammer when you spoke, or maybe it took your voice altogether. Maybe you have been so scarred until you're afraid to speak up or speak out, even on your own behalf. Well, I came to tell you today, you who are broken, stop by the potter's house and let him repair you of your broken life. The potter wants to put you back together again. He wants to give you your voice again. God said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He said, ask and you shall receive. Sometimes you don't have things in your life because you simply haven't asked for it because you thought you didn't deserve it. But he thought you were worth saving, so he came and changed your life. He thought you were worth keeping, so he cleaned you up inside. He thought you were, worth, you were to die for, so he sacrificed his life so you could be free, so you could be whole, so you could tell everyone that you know. You deserve to have peace in your life. You deserve to be loved. You deserve to have God's goodness manifested in your life. It's quite all right to have things. What is not all right is for things to have you. There is a difference. So open your mouth and say something. Tell him what you want. If you're tired of living life, the same old life day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out. Tell God you're ready for a change. As Pastor always tells us, change is not change until you change. 
It doesn't matter how bad you've messed up. The potter wants to put you back together again. Let him put your broken pieces back together with gold. Job said in Job chapter 23 verse 10, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Even Job believed that in spite of all that he was going through, he was coming out on the other side as refined gold. Now turn with me, if you will, to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. And I'll be reading from the Amplified. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 7. And it reads, so that the genuineness of your faith may be tested. Your faith, which is infinitely more precious than the perishable gold, which is tested and purified by fire. This proving of your faith is intended to redound. And redound means to contribute greatly to. So it says this proving of your faith is intended to redound to your praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, is revealed. Ooh, glory to God. In order for gold to come out refined, it has to go through the fire. Gold melts at a temperature of 1,947 degrees Fahrenheit. Saints, that's some heat. Glory to God. But look at the beautiful results. It's the same with us. If we let the refiner process us through the refining fire, we too will come out as pure gold. Not only that, we'll come out without even the smell of smoke. And God's glory will be revealed in our lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Turn with me, if you will, to Daniel. I'll prove it here in, the, in his word. Let's turn to Daniel. Ooh, bless the wonderful name of Jesus. Chapter 3, verses 26 through 27. This is the story of when King Nebuchadnezzar tried to make three young men worship a golden image. And when they didn't, he cast them into a fiery furnace. So we're going to pick up here at uh, verse 26. And it reads, Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. You see that? It said they came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed. 
Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Glory to God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came through the fiery furnace and came out without even the smell of smoke. And I'm telling you that God will bring you through whatever fiery furnace you get cast into and he'll bring you out without even the smell of smoke. As a matter of fact, let's read on. Let's read on here in verse 28. Oh, Lord, I thank you. This blessed me so right here. Let's, let's read here. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make a decree, this is Nebuchadnezzar talking now, that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort." Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Glory to God. So not only did King Nebuchadnezzar then command or decree that everyone else worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he confessed that there was no other God that can deliver after this sort. No other God can deliver you from whatever dilemma you may be going through or have gone through. And this is what truly blessed me. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Not only was Nebuchadnezzar converted, but verse 30 says he promoted them in the province of Babylon. Lord have mercy. Did you see that? God turned the heart of the king and then promoted the boys. Oh, my God, I thank you. Now, that's a word for somebody right there. Glory to God. Oh, that's good right there. We all thank you, Jesus. We all have been broken in one way or another. Oh, thank you, Lord. I've been hurt by things that shattered me. I didn't think I was going to make it through. Oh, but the potter put me back together again. Hallelujah. And I emerged, saints, a better servant of God, a better wife, a better mother, a better friend, a better me, you know, a better me. He accepts us just as we are, flaws and all. He does nothing to hurt us, but only does that which fosters love towards us and makes us better. You understand me? Even when he chastens us, it's purely out of his love for us. And it only makes us better, not bitter. To be chastened is to be disciplined with the intention of improving someone's behavior. How many of you were chastened as a child and it made you bitter instead of better? If it made you bitter, then that means your scars never healed 
and they've turned into scabs or scar tissue. But know this. Know that in every broken piece, I need you to hear me good, lies a masterpiece. What is a masterpiece? Let's define that. A masterpiece is defined as a work done with extraordinary skill, especially a supreme intellectual or artistic achievement, a person's greatest piece of work as as in an art. David said in Psalms 139, 14, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. Hallelujah. He's saying his soul knows that. And guess what? A masterpiece is always connected to a master. You must stay connected to the master. Out of all the things that God created in just six days, you were his greatest creation. He created created you in his image, in his image. He wanted you to be more like him. God created you for a reason. As Pastor always says, you were created with purpose, on purpose, for purpose. And it's your job to find out what that purpose is. So stop letting the lies of the past continue to hinder you. Stop seeking validation from people that will never be able to, that you'll never be able to please anyway. The only true validation you need anyway is to know that God is pleased. Let all that you do be in glory unto God. And if the people that you're trying to please truly have a heart like God's, then they'll be pleased too. Many of us have spent so much time trying to please others until It's caused us to become overachievers because we were trying so hard to prove that their false prophecy of us was wrong. You know, your daddy was nothing and you're not going to be nothing. You're going to get pregnant before you turn 15, just like your mama did. You'll never finish school. You'll never have anything. All false prophecies. All false prophecies. And now... You're an adult man, but that little broken boy inside is still trying to prove that he's the man they said he never would be. You're an adult woman now, but that little broken girl inside is still trying to prove mama and grandmama was wrong, not realizing they were speaking words from their own hurt and own insecurities. It had nothing to do with you in the first place, baby. It had nothing to do with you. Listen, we've heard, you know, that hurt people hurt other people. Well, for the sake of this message, I submit to you, broken people break other people. But you don't have to keep up that same tradition. Thank you, Jesus. You can let the master put your broken pieces back together again and create an even greater work of art. Do better than they ever did or ever said you would do. Remember, Kintsuki shows the broken parts journey. It doesn't disguise it like we do with the various facades or masks that we wear. You know what a facade is, you know. A facade is an 
outward appearance that is maintained to conceal a less pleasant or credible reality. For example, you may hear uh, someone may say her flawless public facade masked private despair. We do it all the time, trying to portray ourselves to be something that we're not. We do it all the time. We're notorious for wearing the mask and pretending to be something that we're not. But just like the Kintsuchi potter embraced the cracks in the pots, embrace your scars. They show your journey. They tell your story. They remind you of where you've been and what God has brought you through. So embrace your scars and let the potter put you back together again. I pray that you were blessed in some way by this word. I pray that it would take root in your heart and in your spirit. Father, we bless you and we thank you for the richness of your word. And we trust and believe that as we stay connected to the master, that you will create in us the masterpiece that you intended for us to be. We thank you that because you will complete in us that which you have begun, that it's already done. Thank you for loving us, flaws and all. And thank you for helping us, healing us, and removing the mask so that our true beauty can be revealed. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray and we say, amen. Don't forget to sow your seeds of obedience by ways of tithes and offering, either via mail or cash app. May God continue to bless you and keep you. May his peace be with you until we meet again.